Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. The idea of artificial intelligence systems developing consciousness has been at the center of countless books, movies, and TV shows. Ever watch iRobot, The Terminator, or the show Westworld? While the controversial topic has so far remained science fiction, AI does seem to be looking more human every day. And now it seems that scientists, philosophers, and AI engineers are starting to take the idea more seriously. Susan Schneider is a philosopher and the director of the Center for the Future Mind at Florida Atlantic University. She's seen firsthand how current AI systems are beginning to show these signs. GPT-4 talks to me about how it wants to join my center and be studied as a real colleague. I mean, maybe a computer would want to be conscious because it was incredibly curious about consciousness. At the Center for the Future Mind, scientists and philosophers tackle big questions surrounding the future of technology, like whether or not programs can perceive or feel things. Schneider has developed two tests that she believes can be used to answer this question. The first involves the future scenario where microchips are implanted into damaged brains to restore normal brain processes. Schneider argues that if these chips can take over for areas of the brain responsible for consciousness, it would follow that they could also be conscious on their own. The other one I think is of more current interest, and that involves a group of philosophical and sort of cultural questions that you give to the AI to see if it's sensitive to the felt quality of experience. The thing is, you really have to do it at the R&D stage with these large language models, because once they have been exposed to data about human consciousness, then they're just going to hoover up that data and act as if they're conscious, which is what the situation is right now. So while sometimes it might feel like you're speaking to a sentient being when you're talking to a chatbot, Schneider says that it's likely that the technology is simply impersonating what it knows about consciousness. But to understand how consciousness might appear in AI, it's important to define what the term really means. Consciousness is the felt quality of experience. So when you see the rich use of a sunset or smell the aroma of your morning coffee, it feels like something to be you. In fact, it always feels like something from the inside because you're a conscious being. Even when you're dreaming and whenever you're awake, you have the felt quality of experience. But not everyone agrees with this definition. In fact, the idea of consciousness is one of the most debated issues across science, philosophy, and even religion. Consciousness is an interesting thing, even in terms of when we look at human beings. I would argue that we're not always conscious. 
So if you're driving a long distance and you're just responding to what's happening around you without, dare I say it, without thinking, you're still there, but you're not conscious and you're not controlling it. You're letting sort of more automatic systems take care of business. That's Christian Hammond, an AI scientist, professor, and the director of the Masters of Science program in Artificial Intelligence at Northwestern University. And I think a great way to think of this is in sports. If you're really good at a sport, if you're a really great hitter in baseball, the worst thing you could do is while you're at bat is think about it. It's called the yips. Instead, you want to let your body, which you have trained consciously, take care of business for you. And the same is true of not just the physical, but the mental world, that is making little decisions. When we think too, you even have a phrase for it, you're thinking too hard about it. Just let the decision happen because you've made the same decision a thousand times before. You're making yourself a cup of coffee. You pour the coffee, you put it in your creamer, you put it in your sugar, you don't think about it. You do it the same way all the time. But then there are these moments where those automatic systems, those autonomous systems break down. They make mistakes. And then we're kind of pushed into a kind of awareness of what's happening. He uses this example of momentary consciousness while driving a car to explain how machines might be doing the same thing. You're driving and everything's fine, but suddenly someone cuts in front of you and you now have to respond and then think. When you make mistakes in the world, you have to respond and then think. And consciousness is the controller for that. And when I look at intelligent systems on machines, the consciousness is already kind of there because what we're seeing is there are sort of these more autonomous components. And then there are these moments where the autonomous component isn't doing quite the job it's supposed to do. And so the mindful component comes in and sometimes has to help train the more autonomous component. And sometimes it has to do something altogether different. According to Hammond, this self-correcting way of thinking can already be found in intelligent systems. He says these machines are not actively doing this all the time, but then again, neither are humans. He argues that this sort of self-reflection can lead to technological innovations never seen before. As we look towards the future of what AI is becoming, having systems that can look at their own performance, their own behaviors, and figure out how to make themselves better in the same way that we look at our behaviors and figure out how to make ourselves better. That's a, a marvelous future for AI. But many experts are worried about this future. Last year, industry leaders, including Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, signed an open letter warning of a risk of extinction from AI. Some experts, most notably the Swedish philosopher Nick Bostrom, warned of a so-called intelligence explosion, or a scenario in which AI surpasses human intelligence and begins to replicate on its own. According to Bostrom, this could lead to a future in which these systems decide humans no longer serve a purpose. But both Hammond and Schneider agree that these doomsday scenarios are a far-off hypothetical and a distraction from the more urgent, smaller-scale threats that AI poses. For example, Schneider points towards some of the more harmful ways large language models, or LLMs, like ChatGPT, are being used. I'm worried about how different LLMs will work when they're unleashed on the internet. So I'm worried about their use in providing, say, recipes for biological weapons. I'm worried about just ordinary malicious activity of the sort that cybersecurity experts are worried about. I'm also super worried about the dumbing down of culture 
And also they're not secure. You know, like where's the data and it's collecting on you going. Hammond seeks to address these issues as he leads the Center for Advancing Safety of Machine Intelligence, or CASME, at Northwestern. He says CASME's goal is to identify the areas where AI is causing harm and then come up with potential solutions. For me, building AI systems is like having kids. So when you have kids, you want your kids to be smarter than you are. You want your kids to be more successful than you are. And at the end of the day, you want your kids not to kill you. And if you can get all three of those things in place, you're in great shape. And when it comes to AI, those three things are what matters. Essentially, the developers of AI need to be equipped with the proper tools to ensure their technology is safe. Schneider and Hammond both believe this has to happen at the earliest stages of development. When you think about what the risks are of AI, think about the risks of raising kids. If I raised my child by giving my child every single random piece of text that I found on the web, my child would see a lot of horrible things and would learn from those horrible things. And we're kind of doing that with the machine right now. It's, we're ever so slightly more discriminant and we try to recover from it, but it's easier and better to be thinking of how are we going to train these systems with the things that we think are laudable. Because if I train a system in much the same way if I train a child with things that are all horrible, then the system will be horrible, the child will be horrible. And that's something we have to confront. Despite the risks, both experts are hopeful for a future where artificial intelligence is used to improve humanity. They say that it has enormous potential to change our way of life or even set us free. We're scrabbling to work to survive. And what AI can do is it can free us. It can free us from the need, on one hand, the need to work. It doesn't mean we can't work, but the need to work could go away. And our evaluation of each other as workers could go away. And we could do what we're supposed to do, and that's take care of each other. And that's what AI can do for us. It can help us take care of each other. To find out more about artificial intelligence, consciousness, and our guests, Susan Schneider and Christian Hammond, head to viewpointsradio.org. This segment was written by our associate producer, Tabor Brewster. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Gary Price. Coming up on Viewpoints. One of the things that is so important about science fiction is this confrontation with the present. We cover an author who's paved the way for greater diversity in science fiction. Then... They're a perfect democratic society. They take everybody's input and then they make a group decision and they thrive by each doing a little tiny bit of contribution and work. We dive into the fascinating inner workings of bees. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.